So tonight I want to talk about what is dating yourself? What does it look like? And why there are so many things that make it beneficial. So what it is, is you being intentional about spending time with yourself. It's you just going out and, and being, you're, you're the wooer and the wooey. You're gonna see, <laughs> you're gonna see how good you can be to yourself. And the sad thing for a lot of people is this is so foreign to them. This is so foreign to them that it's a struggle. Welcome to Divorce Is Not A Destination. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerauer, a breakup and divorce strategist. If you've experienced a breakup or a divorce, you already know how stressful it can be. But here's the thing, divorce isn't the end of your story. It's a new beginning starting from where you are right now. So join me for a unique blend of humor and straight talk as we navigate the ups and downs, drama and trauma, and emotional roller coaster ride experienced when a relationship ends. You won't be alone. I'll introduce you to guests who share their experiences and success stories. Come here for actionable tips, tools, and strategies that empower you to move forward. Whether you need healing, guidance, or a fresh perspective, I'm here to remind you, it's your life, your journey. Here on Divorce Is Not A Destination. Hello, hello, hello. I am, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight's show. Hey, Nadine. Hey, Ingala. It's good to see everybody. This is going to be a fun show. This is going to be a fun show. And mommy, my mom, Jacqueline, you guys always see on here. And Damali, you're going to know the place that actually was the, the spark, the impetus for me doing this show. So I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour. This is Divorce Is Not a Destination. And we come here every Thursday night at 5.15 Pacific time to talk about the things that help us move forward out of the drama and trauma of difficult, often difficult relationships. Uh, I'm actually a breakup and divorce coach and accredited breakup and divorce coach. And I'm excited right now because I'm really close to the end of my second accreditation, which actually focuses on difficult relationships. So it's people who have been in abusive relationships or domestic violence, domestic abuse, financial abuse, all different types of abuse that people deal with going through uh, getting out of relationships. And so I'm actually getting a second accreditation in that. And I work with primarily women. I, I try to focus on women who are in high profile positions, who are looking for confidentiality, support, and community while they're working through these things. So I have programs designed for that. And writing a book right now that's almost done. Hey, Wanda. And then this podcast is my community, uh, um, my community extension of all of that. So I love coming on here because I learn as much as uh, as I share. And I, and usually the stuff that I'm sharing. Give me one second. I'm keeping my screen from turning off every two minutes. Um, I learn as much as I share because usually I end up researching something because something has either, either happened to me or has already I've already experienced it and something popped up and I was like, oh, remember that. And so I'm still learning something or I'm, I am talking to somebody and it sparks something. So most of the time, the subject matter is personal for me on some level. And tonight is no different. So tonight I'm talking about dating yourself why you should date yourself and how you can date yourself. And the reason this came about is because uh, Mommy and Damali, we went to Temecula. We were in wine country when Damali was visiting about a month and a half ago, two months ago. And we went to this really nice restaurant that had a winery on the other side. And um, hey, she's got her party stuff going. 
And I went there a couple of weeks ago. Hey, Victoria, I went there a couple of weeks ago for my date night. And for those of you who know me, my sister Tammy and I have been having, we when we were both single, she's involved with someone now, but we would call each other from different states on Friday night and just be like, so what are you doing? What are you doing? And it's like, well, I got this movie I'm getting ready to watch. I'm in my pajamas. I have my wine or my non-alcoholic wine, depending on what phase of my life I was in. My cheese and my crackers and my grapes and my chocolate. And I would sometimes take pictures of my little spread. And that was one of my date nights. Or my mom knows when I would come out here and visit, there were times when I would take myself to a really nice movie theater. You know, the ones with the layback seats and the, you can order food and they'll bring it into you something to treat myself. I've taken myself to really nice restaurants for dinner and traveled by myself to different places around the world. I just think there's something great about having experiences by myself there. And it's it, people say, oh, well, that's selfish. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> the fact that I can go someplace and I don't have to worry about what somebody else likes, what they want to do, I don't have to check in with them all of the time. Uh, somebody on here, I won't say the name, they can share if they want. We were just talking about this experience of going someplace by yourself and it makes other people so uncomfortable that they don't stop. They don't want to stop bothering you. They think they're saving you from loneliness because you're at a table alone or, or laying out by the pool with a book or on a cruise ship, which I have been. And people are looking at you going, Oh, are you, are you over there working? Oh my gosh. Oh, what a shame that you have to come on this cruise ship and work. Look, I, I, this is not mine. I stole it from somebody, a guy stuff I was reading years ago. And he talked about being in a hotel lobby working on his vacation. And he said, people kept coming by saying, Oh my God, your job must just be horrible that they make you work while you're on vacation. He said, I wanted to find a career and a job that I enjoyed so much that I don't actually have to run away and escape from it two weeks out of every year. And that is really, truly how I feel. So I have been on cruise ships and taught classes from my cabin, graded uh, papers up in the library and been able to take video. And, it, and I can remember being in a class and having a professor uh, who was teaching a class from Italy. And I thought, it can't get any better than that. You give a 90 minute class or whatever the class is, and you go back to whatever you're doing in your villa. So it really is whatever works for you. So tonight I want to talk about what is dating yourself? What does it look like? And why there are so many things that make it beneficial. So what it is, is you being intentional about spending time with yourself. It's you just going out and, and being, you're, you're the wooer and the wooee. You're going to see... <laughs> You're going to see how good you can be to yourself. And the sad thing for a lot of people is this is so foreign to them. This is so foreign to them that it's a struggle. I mean, it's like, it's really difficult. They have never really done it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this thing of not being able to say no to other people so you can say yes to yourself. Because I really think it stems from, it can stem from people pleasing. So we spend so much time focusing on being in the perfect relationship and finding the one. And we're the first one that we get to spend time with, right? You have the people in your family when you're growing up, but when you become an adult and get out here on your own, you want to make sure that you are checking in with yourself to find out what has changed. What are the things that you, you like for yourself? So I'm going to ask yourself a couple of questions. When's the last time that you took time and you just took a day for yourself 
or the last time you found something new to do just to test yourself and have something adventurous or when is the last time you sat down and really asked yourself, am I happy? Am I content with how my life is going right now and the people who are in my life? Um, what are some of the things that you want to do or that you think about for yourself? And then when you think about them, you push them to the bottom. Like you find something to do for everybody else but yourself and you keep making excuses. I have to turn the air on because it is just... It has just gotten a little, it's getting warm outside. The sun has moved to my side of the, the yard. So these are some of the things I want you to think about because dating yourself is one way to ensure that you are constantly creating the life that you desire for yourself. And so it's one way to kind of keep yourself on track. Because the real reality is as we mature, as we get older, as we have different life experiences, our interests and desires change, our needs change. And if you don't really take time, um, intentional time, to see where you are in your life at these different moments, you won't have a clue of the things that you really want for yourself. And then when you do try to get into a relationship, you're wondering, this person just doesn't make me happy. This person, I, they don't, they never know what I want. Okay, but the truth is, babe, you don't even know what you want. So if you're clueless about what you want, don't want or what you want, and then you bring somebody else into your life and expect them to know what you don't even know for yourself, that's crazy making stuff. That's just crazy making stuff. So let's talk about what are some of the benefits of dating yourself? Uh, what makes dating yourself important or even relevant? One thing I would say is it is a definite confidence booster. It's a definite confidence booster. If you're... Um, if you are struggling with feeling good about yourself, being able to trust yourself to make really good decisions for yourself, this is a great way to start small, start with some little things and figure out what are the things that bring you joy, that make you happy. Because the truth of the matter is you are the only one who can make you happy. Now, my mom used to tell us, uh, one, if you're bored, that's your fault. You'd just be like, I'm bored. You know, when you were little and you were running around, I'm bored. There's nothing to do. I'm bored. She would literally tell us, you know, you're seven years old. And your mom's like, if you're bored, that's your fault. And you're like, what? I'm seven. What am I supposed to do? Figure that out. Because if you're bored, you've been spending your time with you. If you're bored, you just made yourself bored. Um, the other one is if you aren't happy, it's not somebody else's job to make you happy. Now, she used to tell this was one I got when I was older and I was dating and somebody would say, well, you just don't make me happy. And I call my mother. She would say, oh, oh, I, that's because you're not a circus clown. Yeah, you're not a circus clown. Like circus clowns get paid to make other people happy. That's not your job. People have to bring their own happy to the party. You bring your happy to the party. And that's how we have a happy relationship. If one person is constantly positioned that they have to make the other person feel some emotional state, that's, a, that's more than a part-time job right there. That's a lot. So you want to get to know yourself better. You can get your confidence up by doing this. And I'll, I'll tell you, going out to dinner, taking yourself to dinner to a restaurant where you need to call in advance and make your reservation and you get there and you know the maitre d' is seating you someplace and you saying, oh, could I have that table? Because maybe because you're alone, they want to sit you at that little table for two right outside the kitchen door. And there's a table for two right at the front window. You can start getting your confidence up and learning how to speak for yourself by saying, excuse me, I would really prefer that table and make sure, you know, find out if it's not reserved. There's no reason that you should get the one in the back of the house as opposed to the one 
in the front of the house. It's still a table for two, but it's really little things like that that can help you boost your confidence. So number one is that that the, that makes this beneficial for you is you can boost your confidence. Number two is you really get to learn yourself better. You you really do get to find out and kind of test yourself. Like you walk into the restaurant and you've made this reservation for one. I had a, a maitre d' uh, seating me, but when I got to the door and I said, oh, I have a reservation and I gave him my name and he said kind of loud, oh, you're the one that booked a reservation for one. And I thought, okay, I was looking around. I said, well, yeah, that was, you think that was loud enough? Yep. I'm still one person and I still want that reservation. And I ended up sitting at a middle seat where there were a bunch of other people sitting together with couples or groups. And I was in the middle of them at one at this table by myself. And it was great because I got to talk to the people next to me that night. It happened to be Rolanda Watts and a girlfriend of hers. And we had a really nice, you know, just exchange. We weren't cringing on each other's dinners. But I was perfectly content to sit there and have this wonderful dinner in this nice restaurant in Los Angeles by myself. And so you learn how to get more comfortable with things like that. And you can learn the things that you didn't know you were really good at and the things that you need to get better at. So, you know, if you go in and you're sitting at that table by the kitchen, by the kitchen door and you're hearing all this clatter and noise and people keep coming in and out and you're thinking, I should have asked for that empty table. And you're sitting there looking at an empty table in a really nice place in the in the room that tells you this is something I need to work on. I need to get more confident asking for what I want. Right. And, and being a little more assertive so it can uncover things about you that you didn't realize. And you'll also get to find out some of the things that you like. And as I get into some of the activities that you can do to challenge yourself, those are the places where you get to find out a little bit more about you and get to know yourself better. The third one is self-love. And I'm going to cover a couple things here. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to cover a couple things here. So self-love. Focus on spending this time with yourself. Focus on just being really clear and and I do not, Damali just put up a big heart. All right, Damali, if you want to say something about that, go over there to that little chubby microphone and hit that button. Um, because some for some people, being alone is one of the most frightening things that happens to them. It is so anxiety written, written and and there is something that you can learn about yourself or you should learn about yourself if you really have a strong discomfort about being by yourself. And it's it's different from being lonely. Alone is different from being lonely. But if being alone makes you feel lonely, you really need to figure out what that's about and what that's coming from. Hey, Damali, what you thinking? Hey. How you doing? You want to be on camera or are we just going to hear you? I don't know if you guys want to see me on camera, but <laughs> I, I always want to see you on camera. Oh, maybe I don't know how to get on camera. So. Um, okay. I'm going to invite you to video. <laughs> okay. Did you get a button All that right. popped up? Hey, uh, Megan. Uh, I, I did. Okay. <laughs> click on it. I did. Oh, look at the bottom and see the little video camera. There's a line through it. Click on that and that should open it up. Okay. I don't, go ahead. I don't, I'm your... sorry, but I don't see it. Okay. But I, I'm, I apologize because it That's took okay. me. Okay, go somewhere. ahead. We can hear you. Yeah, it took me to took my all this other stuff. So anyway, yes, I just I was thinking about loving yourself um, earlier when you were talking, and I was saying to myself, you know, and I've said this before, I really like my company. I <laughs> like me. I like being with me. 
Um, I'm the, I, I treat myself better than anyone else has ever treated me before, including family. <laughs> so I, I really like myself. Um, I love myself and, and I love others as well, but that's, I think that's very important. And I, I was so happy to hear you say that. Yeah, it is important. And I think it's the, I think it's part of the key to being able to extend that to other people. I, I you know, they say, um, hurt people, hurt people. And I think people that don't like themselves struggle with liking other people. I mean, how, how do you give something you don't have to give? If you don't even have it to give yourself, how in the world are you putting it out there to others? And I think exactly. if you think about some of your most, <laughs> if we all think about some of our most unhealthy relationships with somebody who just didn't seem like they liked anything, you could probably connect the dots and go, now that I think about it, they didn't really like themselves that much. Right. And so, but I I do want to just take a minute for somebody listening to this to really think about, do you have a lot of anxiety when you are spending time by yourself? And the way you might be able to tell is what do you do when that's happening? So if you're alone for a weekend and then, and you really don't like it and the next weekend comes and you find yourself trying to keep company with almost anybody that's a sign that you're struggling with having time for yourself. And so it could cause you to end up in a relationship that you don't really want to be in with somebody you don't know well, that you don't really want to spend time with. It could cause you to spend time with friends and Molly said family. It could even be family that you really don't have a lot in common with and you really don't care for them that much. Um, they say you pick your, your you, you don't get to pick your family, you get to choose your friends. But you get to pick family members who are like friends and you have friends who become like family members. When you have anxiety about being by yourself, I think your picker is a little off and you will just settle that you have the propensity to settle for anybody. So be mindful of that when you are spending time alone. And one of the first exercises or things I'm going to talk about in a minute is journaling. And I'll tell you some things you can do with your journaling. So we talked about um, boosting your confidence getting to know yourself better, self-love, and then personal growth. There's a a huge growth opportunity in spending quality time with yourself. You might spend time alone and start learning about your finances. It's a great time to work on your money situation. It's a great time to organize your budget or take a class on, on doing your finances or planning your retirement or getting your estate in order. If you're, if you're a person of a certain age, or not, you just happen to have a life and some things that you own, like a like property, it is a good time to take your time and get your trust together. Get a trust set up. Talk to an attorney about, should I have a trust? Um, how should I be setting things up for retirement? How should I be setting things up for when I leave here? And what am I leaving for my kids and grandkids or nieces and nephews to look over? If you're by yourself, this is one of those things that you could spend some quality time looking into. And that's a wonderful experience once you've done it. Um, to get the relief of really taking care of getting your house in order, getting your life in order. Um, Maybe you learn uh, another language, you learn to speak another language, or maybe you take a cooking class and really get really good at cooking. I I went to a funeral about three weeks ago and the daughter-in-law of the person that passed away, Marilyn Seitz, her daughter-in-law was telling me she's got this phenomenal catering business that is just flourishing in the area where they live in. I think they're in, I think they're in New York somewhere. And I asked her, well, how did that happen? Well, she, her husband actually told me she started cooking and she started cooking these little desserts and they would take them to places, to people's homes and people would rave about the stuff that she was cooking. So that kind of got it started. 
So she decided to do something, found out she not only loved it, but she was really, really good at it. And it has turned into a, a career, a really good business for her. So the personal growth opportunities and being able to to spend that time by yourself and really challenge, channel it into something that you love. Um, I mean, the, the, the benefits of that could be exponential. So, you know, nice having a catering business that's, that's flourishing and she's got a bunch of hootie hooties and whatsy whatsits that are our regular customers. Five, you can improve relationships with others. Um, and this is kind of what we were just talking about, Damali. You can't truly know somebody else or get to know somebody else if you don't know you. If you're all over the map trying to be everything to everybody, trying to please everybody, being the chameleon who just morphs in and out of what other people need, the reason you never really get to know them is because they're never really getting to know you because you're not presenting who you really are. And sometimes just spending that time by yourself, dating yourself can just be beneficial and you get rewards in your next relationship as a result of that. So what that looks like is if you get really comfortable with who you are, what you like and don't like, and look, it's not 100% anything, you're still going to be learning in the relationship. Hopefully you've just gotten enough confidence that you can trust. If things aren't going 100% right, I know I can cope with it now. I'm not going to wig out. But when you're showing up and able to just tell somebody who you are and what you're about and, and be okay with saying, yeah, that's not something that I really like. Um, I've tried it already and it's not something I'm interested in. And if that becomes a deal breaker, at least you have a real deal breaker. It's not because you're arguing over things that you don't want to do because they're trying to figure out why you keep doing them. And then you have an attitude when you get there. It's because you didn't want to be there in the first place, <laughs> but you've been pretending. So you can improve relationships with others basically because you've improved a relationship with yourself. The end of the day is you're not going to be able to give to somebody else what you don't actually have to give. So fill your cup with the joy and the contentment and the things that you really love doing. And then when you meet somebody and find that you have energy or synergy or this connection that allows you to learn from each other and grow with each other, you're going to be able to put everything into it because you're really comfortable with what you have to offer. And if they don't like it, it doesn't work for them. That's your answer. They're not the one. They're a one. They could be a friend, but they're not the one. So next, move on. It'll keep you from holding on to things, people, places that are not good for you for all the wrong reasons, right? Other benefits you could get is you become more self-sufficient. You become more self-sufficient. Now, I will say that. Um, and just today, I had a thing with one of my sisters and I came down the hall and was like, Mom! <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost 61. I still call my mom when I got issues. Um, <laughs> but, but otherwise, I'm pretty self-sufficient. And I think back to things like um, I was the kid that followed my grandfather around. Like if that man stopped walking, I walk into the back of his legs. So I watched him do a lot of things. And my grandmother used to say, your grandfather learned how to do all sorts of things with an eighth grade education. You can figure it out. And just because of that, I learned how to lay wood floors, ceramic tiles. Um, I learned how to paint. I learned how to do some light electrical, a little bit of plumbing, um, some woodwork. There's the cabinet behind me. I built that cabinet. Yes, I did. It's a floor to ceiling cabinet and I built it. That shelf over there that brown one that you can see off to my right, I built that. So there, there's stuff all in here that I built. 
So that self-sufficient aspect of who I am came because I was one, willing to learn, and I was willing to spend a good portion of my me time doing things like trying to build stuff and even even sewing. Sewing is a it's an individual activity. Um, you could have three or four people sitting around a table with their sewing machines, but pretty much when I'm sewing, I am by myself. And so that quality time allowed me to develop a skill that is really, really beneficial. I have sewed for people and made sewn for people and actually made money doing it. Uh, I don't do that much anymore because sometimes humans take the fun out of things um, that you really, really like. And I want it to always be fun and enjoyable and sort of, I tell people it's my, um, it's my therapy. So my sewing therapy. So even though I could still will reach out to my mom, thank goodness she's, she's still here for me to do that. I know that I have gained a lot of self-sufficiency because of the time that I've spent by myself and the things that I decided to do with that time. And um, if you feel like, oh, but I'm not talented. I don't know how to sew. I didn't know until I learned either. So the, the thing I want you to think about is I really don't know what I'm capable, capable of doing until I actually attempt it. And like attempt it honestly, like really put your best effort into it. If you need to take a class, you can do a home ec class or a woodshop class or whatever the course might be and really put yourself into it to see if you can get this one project done and then decide if you like it because you might surprise yourself. So another thing that you can gain from dating yourself is not compromising, like learning, practicing saying no. Practice saying no. Now, I got really good at it joining, joining the church when they did Right Hand of Fellowship and everybody's coming down the line. And I'm thinking they're supposed to be welcoming me to the church. And it was sort of like they were welcoming me to the church and then soliciting me to join some group that's already you know affiliated with the church all at the same time. And after about the fourth or fifth person, I was like, I'm feeling a little bit of pressure here. So I started th saying things like, shaking my head like this and saying, oh, thank you so much for asking. No, I don't think that's gonna fit into my schedule. And you <laughs> figure out your best way to say no, but you can practice saying no um, so that you don't end up doing things that you don't really wanna do. Think about some of the things you do now or that you have done in the past that you agreed to do that you know you didn't wanna do. You didn't wanna do it. The whole time you were, you said, you heard the words, yes, come out your mouth and something in your stomach just sank. Like, why did you say, why did you agree to do that? Sometimes we get caught. We don't know till afterwards that that was probably not a good idea. I should have thought that out. But it could be things like, um, let's just shopping. You're even teenagers going shopping, going to the mall, hanging out with friends. And you really don't enjoy doing it. You're really not a mall person. You're really not big on shopping, but you just do it because you want to fit in. That's that's one of those situations. But teenagers are going to do that. But we do the same thing as adults. Um, your friends want to go out for drinks after work to a place that you really don't like. And you still go every Friday anyway because you want to fit in. It's like being 15 years old again and getting dragged to the mall. And you keep saying yes. And the more you say yes, the more Friday nights you do that, the more difficult it becomes for you to feel comfortable telling them, I really don't like doing this and I'm not gonna go anymore. Maybe if we go to this place that I feel more comfortable at or I like the atmosphere or whatever the reason is, I'll go there. But if we're gonna keep going here, this isn't someplace I wanna go. And because we're kind of concerned and have a little anxiety about not fitting in, we just keep doing it. 
Um, another example might be hanging out with people who are just negative. They're just negative. Mommy was just watching a woman who was talking about the people she doesn't want to travel with. And one of them was like negative Nancy. Um, she said, I just can't be stuck on a boat or in a hotel room or any on an island, basically, with somebody who's just constantly negative. Think about the people in your life, maybe now, hopefully it's in the past, and how long you hung around them and you knew 10 minutes in, you could feel the life energy almost getting sucked out of you because of their negativity. And you spend time either trying to pick them up and get their energy up and get them to change their perspective, or when you leave, you're exhausted and almost depressed because they've, they've won. <laughs> it's like they got you that round and now you feel worse than you did when you called them or when they called or when you started the little visit with them and you're already concerned about the fact that in two weeks they're going to want to do it again and you still don't know how to say no or and why you're saying no. And so think about these situations that you get yourself in where you could say no. And I'll give you, there's a book, um, Greg McEwen, it's M-C-K-E-O-W-N, M-C-K-E, y'all know I'm always giving you books, so I hope you come here with a pen, M-C- K-E-O-W-N, first name is Mark, and the book is called um, Essentialism, Essentialism. And he says, if it's not an emphatic yes, which means if you aren't like excited as all get out about saying yes, then it's a no. That is like the easiest measuring stick ever. Either you're really excited about it and you wanna do it, or it's a no. Hey, Damali, what you thinking? Hey, you know how people sometimes um, ask you, why not or why? Mm -hmm. You know, because I've said no a lot. I've learned how to say no. And they would say, well, why? And then I would find myself getting caught up into explaining, like, explain <laughs> yourself, Lucy, why? And and I have my, my, for, my former stepmom, one of the great things that I got from her was she... Um, said, when people ask you that, just say, because I don't want to. <laughs> and that's what she says whenever, whenever, and she, but she still happens to ask me why, why, why don't you want to go here? Why don't you want to go there? And I start using what she taught me right? because I don't want to. Because I don't want to. That I, That's pretty, that sounds like something my in mom a, would yeah. say. In yeah. a nice way though, like, because I don't want to. Because I don't you know? want to. I've heard other, I've heard other ones are things like, that does that just doesn't work for me or it doesn't fit into my schedule i'm not really yes. interested and i like that one that you said that that was yours one of yours when yeah. you said it doesn't fit into my schedule i love in, that yep it doesn't fit into my schedule i'm not interested um it doesn't work for me it, you know depending on the situation you can yeah that's not going to work for me but i'm happy that you found something that you want to do now oprah said something <laughs> i heard her say something years ago about this thing when you tell somebody no and they kind of keep coming at you. She said, at the point they don't respect your no, you, it's now manipulation. And I was like, wow. That's some good stuff. But think about it. It's now manipulation. So if you can switch your mindset over into, oh, now you want to manipulate me. You, I mean, you may, may not say that out loud, but if you're thinking that way, it may be a little easier for you to stand your ground and go, yeah, because I don't want to do it. And then don't say anything else. Because sometimes we keep trying to explain, like we owe them this long explanation, like we have to defend our no. No is a complete sentence. 
It's a whole set. Matter of fact, it could qualify as a paragraph if you're writing a book. <laughs> you put end of paragraph, new paragraph, no. End of paragraph, new paragraph. Keep on writing. And so we sometimes need to just say what we mean, mean what we say, be really clear and be really pleasant. You can smile and go, oh, because I don't want to. But thank you for asking again. <laughs> and then keep it going. So I love his thing with the way you can measure that. If it's not an emphatic yes, it's a no. It's just a no. And sometimes we know saying yes is just easier because of just what Damali just pointed out. It's like, I know as soon as I say no, she's going to challenge me. She's going to want to know why I don't want to go. Especially, they were like, well, you've been gone for four months and now all of a sudden you don't want to go. And now you have some other decisions to make. How much truth do you share? And so is it like, I know I was gone for four months, but today is a new day and I'm not interested. Or if it's somebody that you can really be really honest with, say, you know what? You are absolutely right. I should have said no four months ago and I didn't. And every time I do this, I feel some kind of way. So I've decided to take care of myself and I'm going to stop doing things that I really don't want to do, that I'm not genuinely excited about doing. But again, I am happy for you that you love doing this. And then you just keep it going. So hopefully that's giving you another way of thinking about it. So those are some of the benefits that you can get out of dating yourself and learning how to do it and learning how to have those conversations. So let's talk about how you can date yourself and what that might look like. So as I said at the top of the show, this podcast came about because somebody was uh, watching my video on one of my dates and I'm having a really nice little time and thought I was looking kind of cute too in my little shirt that dress that I had just made. And I was like, oh, I'm having my date night here at the winery and having my little sangria, blah, blah. And somebody wrote, oh, I hope, I, what do they say? I pray to God or I hope to God I never get to a point where I have to date myself. And I was like, you just became a podcast. So that's how this came, came about. So the first thing I'm going to help you do, if this is foreign to you, is prepare yourself for your dating experience by journaling. And so just get a pen and a piece of paper or something and take about 10 minutes and journal like your thoughts, your feelings, things that annoyed you, things that uh, you really, really like. Write down some of the attributes about the friends or family members that you have that you really like. And then start writing about things that you're excited about in your life right now. Like start painting this picture for yourself of the things that are already going well and the things that, eh, eh, not loving this. And the reason that's important, because those may be the things that you need to say no to so that you can say yes to more of the things you like. And I want you to catch what I just did there. In your mind, instead of thinking of me saying no to everything, think of that no that you're going to tell them as your way of saying yes to your own life. So in order to say yes to this, I need more room. This thing's got to go. So this is how I'm going to make room for my yeses. And that way, you don't need to be feeling guilty about making decisions about your own life. You can write down the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. So now you're future thinking and you're writing it down because this starts getting your little uh, imagination going and you can start thinking about places that you want to go or things that you used to think about doing that you have just almost, you, you had to, your brain just, it popped into your head and you were like, oh my God, I remember I used to think about that a lot. That used to be something I used to say I wanted to do and you've still never done it or you did it and you stopped and now you can pick it up again. And I know Wanda is on here and we talked about this with her, with her artwork and I already know she's basically a carpenter. So these are some of the things that you can um, 
you can do with journaling just to kind of get your brain thinking about what what does dating me look like? Because when you start writing down things that you might want to do or have dreamt about doing or places that you want to go, you're now setting yourself up for some of those dates. So some of the awesome dates that you can do, you can treat yourself. Uh, you don't have to wait for Christmas. Those of you who know me know that I celebrate my birthday all year round. Uh, so it could be April and I will tell somebody, oh, I'm getting this for myself for my birthday. And they'll go, your birthday's in September. And I will say, you're not the boss on my birthday. <laughs> How about that? You're not the boss on my birthday. So I figure either, <laughs> either I just had one or one is coming. And so I'm just going to celebrate whenever I want. So treat yourself to something nice and mind your budget. Don't blow the bank. Don't be like what Dr. Lisa said. I should, mm -mm. you don't need to, don't break the bank, but think about something nice that you want for yourself. And I, you know, you can see this little, this little piece of artwork over here. That was a find. There's two of them actually. You see those? That was a find at an antique store about 25 minutes from here. And I saw them hanging. And so that was one of my little treats for myself. And I do believe I lied to myself and said that was a birthday present. I didn't lie to myself. I said it was a birthday present and a housewarming gift or whatever. But those are little things. And I like getting things for myself that I can keep, that I can see around me in my office or in the house that I can see. Earrings are usually a big one and I don't spend a lot of money on them. I very often will go to an antique store. Most decent antique stores have a, a case or several cases where they will sell jewelry. There happens to be an amazing one near one of my sisters in Arizona. And when I go down there, I go to the, it's all silver. I know it's real silver. And that's where I'll get my jewelry. And it's so much cheaper than the store. And it's usually some interesting pieces, some really unique pieces. So treat yourself to something. My mom just went to a festival uh, three weeks ago. Oh, Wanda was here with her. That's right. The two of them went. I didn't go that day. And my mom came back with these amazing earrings. Actually, they both gifted themselves that day. So that's one thing you can do when you date yourself. Treat yourself to something nice that's going to be around to remind you of that experience or that day. Learn something new. Now, this could be so many things. You could take a painting class, a pottery making class. Cooking classes are huge. Um, a cooking class that actually focuses on nutrition would be something interesting and pretty cool to take. Or if you don't have the money for that, buy yourself a really good cookbook and just start doing it at home yourself. Just start cooking on your own or get on YouTube. And there's so much stuff on YouTube. My goodness, you could date yourself and, and never leave your house just by doing interest, interesting things that are free on YouTube. You can find and complete workouts that you can do every single day, just about a different workout following the same person or two or three people. And you could do that every single day using YouTube and never cost you a dime. So get creative so that you don't blow your budget trying to date yourself, um, but have some fun with it. Have some fun and get, get creative with it. Take a break from social. Now, of course, after I tell you to get on YouTube, the next thing I'm gonna tell you is take a break <laughs> from your social media. And figure out what that looks like. I'm, I'm going to give you something that you can you can start doing this tonight. You can start doing this tonight. This is called a digital sunset. A digital sunset. Uh, another program that I was in a, a couple of years ago. Um, it's called Optimize or Heroic. Now it's Heroic. So I got certified as a Heroic coach. And 
when we were going through the program, we did this thing called a digital sunset. And right now I'm glad I'm through the program because I would be failing miserably most nights because my sleep is off. A digital sunset is when you shut down all of your devices at a certain time every night. And the reason this is good is the blue light and all the stuff from your phone, your iPad, your desktop, your laptop, your television, all of that stuff keeps your brain engaged and keeps it, the synopsis is just popping all the time. You think you're relaxing in front of the TV, but your brain is really more engaged. Actually, I think our kinesiology person, Damali, might even be able to share a little bit more about what this does to us. But just know that as long as those devices are on and you're looking at them, you're being stimulated. So a digital sunset means you shut all that stuff down. So let's say you want to go to bed at nine o'clock. You want to shut everything down between seven and eight. Give yourself at least an hour. An hour is good. If you can give it a little more, fine. And then the other one is don't eat within two hours of going to bed. But if you just want to practice this digital sunset, taking this break from social media, you can start with just breaking yourself at night before you go to bed. Now, you could do it again in the morning. You can get up and decide the first thing I do when I wake up is not roll over and check the phone. Trying to see who messaged you. Did you get an email? Who's on Facebook? What's on Instagram? Is TikTok still in business? Challenge yourself. You're going to find out how addicted you are to your social media if you do this. <laughs> You're going to, you're, if you're walking around your house talking about, oh my God, I'm not going to make it, then you know you might have a little social media problem. But if you can do it at night, it's going to help you sleep. If, you, if you're going to bed, turn everything off, like I said, at least an hour before you want to go to bed and see what happens because you're going to be a little more relaxed. And then during the day, now, if you really want to goal yourself, pick a day like a Saturday when you can go all day with you know, or okay, let's do eight hours. Let's try eight hours. Maybe you better do it during the work week. I don't know. You figure out <laughs> what eight hour span can you decide you're not going to be on your phone? Like, can you actually turn your phone off for a certain number of hours during a day? And maybe some are people laughing at that <laughs> or just read a book, get a book that you can read, listen to music, find things to do. So this means you really do need to find something to do or you're going to be like, I'll just take a nap that my mom probably just said, I'll take a nap. I'll turn it off and take a nap, but challenge yourself. So try the digital sunset first. I think that's going to be the easiest one. And it's going to be the most beneficial because it's going to help you sleep better. And then try the one in the morning. So give yourself your morning routine. Maybe you're going to get up and do a little meditation or prayer. Uh, you're going to get yourself squared away in the bathroom. You're going to get up and get your coffee, or maybe you do a little workout and see if you can make it through the first hour to two hours in the morning without your device. And I, I need to try that one myself. I was pretty good. I used to be good with the digital sunset. What happens is I start telling myself, oh, I have this work I want to get done and I want to get. And then I end up staying up later and I'm on something. TV's going or I'm on my computer. So it's and I can tell like right now I'm tired because I'm not getting the sleep that I have been getting when I was respecting my digital sunset. So take a break from social media. Here's another one. Write yourself a love letter. Yeah. So if you have ever dated someone and received a love letter, you're like, oh my gosh, that was so wonderful. Or you've written a love letter to someone. And I guess now it might be a love text message. I don't know what, what it is now, how long you can do a long text message love letter. But write down the things that you really like about yourself. If you've ever been on a job interview, one of the things they will ask you, or typically you will get asked is, what, what do you think makes you a good fit for this job? 
and I coach people, I used to coach people in interviews. And so you coaching people on, okay, let's look at the job description and let's look at your skill set and your past experience and let's figure out how we can connect the dots so you can explain to them with confidence why you're going to be great for this job. But I ask people sometimes, um, I just did a, a workshop, four workshops for a, a client last week, and I asked people, what is it, some, some, tell me something you're good at. And their people's faces glazed over. I don't know if we just are, are so busy looking externally that we don't really think about it anymore unless we have to, or we, we just don't think it's important, or we're afraid to look inside and find the things about us that we like. Maybe you've been told that that's not humble. Don't brag. Don't be conceited. It's not bragging if it's there. And I think it was Maya Angelou that said, you can't be thankful for something that you won't even acknowledge you have. So what is it that you have that makes you unique? What are the things about you that you like that you never want to change? You hope you can just grow more of it, right? That What are some of the things that people have told you about yourself that uh, they like? Like, why do they like hanging around you? Um, how do you have some of the friends that you have for so long? What is it that they love about you? Um, why do your kids, or your grandkids like spending time with you? Think of those things and write those things down and write yourself a love letter. Tell yourself the things that you like about yourself, uh, the things that you like about how you treat other people and the things that other people have told you about you and what you're good at, whether it's at work or at home or whatever it is. What are some of the things you're good at? Those are four or five things that if you do those things, write those things down, you can create a love letter for yourself. And you might be pleasantly surprised that there are things that you didn't think about very often and it'll start helping you feel more empowered. It's another way to boost your confidence when you can look and go, wow, I really never thought about the kind of person that I am and how I present myself to other people, but more importantly, how I look at myself. So I think it'll help with that. Um, it's going to make a, it's going to help you make a great, it makes you a great fit for your own life. Cause that's the question you're answering. What makes you not a great fit for this job? What makes you the perfect person to live your life? That's the question you're answering. Go to restaurants museums, parks. Those of you who know me know that I fell in love with the safari park here. It is like, it's like my Disney. Like it's the greatest place on earth to me when I just want to have a day where I can be outside taking the tram around and seeing the animals and stopping at the restaurant at the top of the hill and looking out over the land, the land and seeing the animals and everything and walking around and the bonsai park. And there's, there's so many places in this safari park to hang out and there's so many things I haven't done yet. I haven't done the, the zip line. I haven't stayed overnight in one of the tents in the park. Um, in the Yeah, they're not cabins, they're actually tents. Mommy has seen them, she's like, that's never happening. But there are things that I still haven't, oh, I haven't gone up in the hot air balloon. It's tethered, but they take you up. I don't know how many you know meters up and um, you can see everything from up there. Haven't done that yet. So restaurants, museums, parks, you can find a new hobby learn how to dance, learn how to play an instrument or something really crazy. Like go learn, go someplace where you can learn archery. Did you have archery in school? Join a bowling team. One of my sisters is, uh, we both play pool. She is amazing at it. Um, her team, I think just did a, another championship or either she won a special award for her game um, at one of their champion tournaments. So learn pool, go play pool and maybe you can join a pool team or a bowling team. It will not only get you out and have you doing something fun, it's a great way to meet other people doing something that they all love as well. 
Um, the other one is, I told you about, we talked about kind of splurging on yourself. So you can always figure out what that looks like. Take yourself on an adventure or a trip. Now, I think everybody on here, my family, we are big travel people. We do one huge vacation a year. The one for next year is Greece, Egypt, Israel, and Turkey, I think. And so you might not be ready for something like that by yourself, or maybe you are. But the first thing you need to do is get yourself a passport. So if you do not have a passport, go online and Google um, U.S. government and get your passport paperwork. You can fill it out online. You can go to a local. Most of the post offices will let you submit the paperwork there. Some of them will even take your pictures. But most of the pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, most of them you can go in and get your passport picture taken on site. So you can get your passport. Do it now because it might take many months. After COVID, it went from three to six months to like nine months, sometimes a year for people to get their passports. So do that. But in the meantime, don't worry. I got you. I got you. Look, you can Airbnb 20 minutes from wherever you're living. Um, you can Airbnb. What's the nearest big city to you that you haven't really spent time in or some really nice place out in the country where you've never been or a place on the beach? What is it that you like? Try something in all of them. Maybe take one month and you get two days at a place near a beach and then take two days and do something that's on a farm and then take two days and do something that's in the city. And it will let you start getting a feel for what kind of things you actually enjoy. So when you start traveling with a group or somebody else, you'll already know what your taste is like. And it might be that I don't really like the beach. I like going to the beach, but I don't like staying near the beach. Because sometimes at night the beach gets cold and you're like, I didn't know it got that cold near the water. It didn't feel good. It's damp. But I like to be close enough to go during the day. That changes everything about how you plan your next vacation when you know that information. But you won't know that information if you never do this. And there's no point in waiting for somebody else. Um, you can do it without them and have that fun. Travel safe. If you use something like Airbnb, you can actually rent a room in somebody's house. And so you're not 100% alone. Uh, there's people around you, but you're not traveling with someone. And just be really smart when you travel. Look for the super host. Um, and maybe you do take a, a friend with you. Maybe you do have a girlfriend or, or a family member that can hang out with you. But I really want you to think about, can I do some of these things alone? Can I spend this time by myself and really learn how to enjoy being with me? And the travel one is just, I just think traveling is just one of the most rewarding, amazing things ever, ever, ever. So I talked about self-love. We're going to have a little adult conversation. Um, dating yourself, because you know when you're dating yourself, you have these physical romantic relationships. <laughs> I know my mom is on here. It's just, we're going there. We're just going there. So this one, I, when I was reading, it's like, yeah, learn how to pleasure yourself. Now, this is it, it, like, seriously, Years ago, I was watching Oprah. There was a doctor on talking to mothers about their teenage girls. And I think the audience, I've seen this in a couple of places, the audience kind of got into a little uproar feeling like she was telling their teenagers that they needed to have sex. And she was really telling them to learn about their own bodies. And I was so 100% in agreement with this woman that I, I could have campaigned for her. And the reason is this. You know, as young girls, as young as teenagers, as young girls going off to college, you know, parents are not going to stop people from having sex. They had it. We had it. it it's just a thing. Um, and at some point, it's likely going to happen. 
And I really believed when I heard this doctor saying, when a, when a young girl knows how her body works and she knows how to pleasure herself, like having an orgasm is not a magic act. It's not magic. There's a reason that it feels that way. And there's a reason your body responds the way that it does. But this is the thing. If some little boy at, at college is the only one she thinks can make her feel like this, then all of a sudden he looks like the magical mystical unicorn. But when she already knows, dude, I can do that better than you. Like, I don't even need you for that. So I'm going to need you to bring something else to the game. How about some intellect? How about let's go someplace I've never been? Why don't you show me something new? Because you can't teach me about my body. I think that is one of the most empowering things we can give young women. And then I'm going to fast forward and get real, real with you because it's not just young women. There are women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that don't, don't know how their bodies work. They don't know how to pleasure themselves. So there are a bunch of things you can do to figure that out. And fortunately, there are people out here that do um, sexual education. There are stores out here that actually have workshops that you can go and learn. There are toys and things that you can buy. So it's, it, we're too far behind try, beyond being embarrassed or feeling uncomfortable. Figure out what it is that really makes you feel good so that when you're with somebody, it's not like, oh, everybody's trying to figure this out together and you're just laying there getting irritated. Did I say that? is real. So know how you can pleasure yourself. Know what works for you so that you can instruct somebody else in how to do it. Doesn't that make sense? Isn't that kind of how the world works anyway? And then when it comes to our bodies, we just kind of think, oh, he probably knows. How he know? He don't have none of this. <laughs> he doesn't know. He practiced on somebody else and she might not even have known. So do yourself a favor and learn what works for you and then be okay teaching somebody else. A couple more things. Dress up for yourself. Okay, I say that. And right now, can I stand up? I am in, well, I did. I'm dressed up from here up, but let me just show you. I'm in my pajama bottoms. You see this combo right here? Am I working this pattern connection? Honey, I got my paisleys and my spots on. Um, <laughs> but get dressed up for yourself. When Damali was out here and my mom, we, we went out to lunch and it was just beautiful. I mean, we put on some nice stuff and took beautiful pictures while we were out there and met some people who took more pictures of us. And it's really nice to be able to take yourself someplace and look like you care. Like the only time that you get dressed up shouldn't be for someone else. You should be able to get dressed up for yourself. And again, know what you like and what you don't like, what works for you and what doesn't. And the beautiful thing is if you are interested at some point in meeting somebody else, it's going to be you at your best that's going to attract the right person. It's going to be you glowing. It's going to be you having dinner by yourself, looking like this is so normal and natural. Everybody should do it. And that is likely when somebody's going to catch you from across the room and be like, uh, who is this chick over here having all this funny dinner by herself? And that might be your introduction. Introduction. But if you're just like in your pajamas and combed your hair three days ago and just didn't care how you went out and that's kind of how you look all the time, it might be a little different, you know, trying to meet somebody under those conditions. And I'm not saying you can't because he may like you looking like that. But what feels good for you? Maybe that's the better the better question. What feels good for you? If you would get dressed up for somebody else, but you would not get dressed up for yourself, what is that about? So I think it's the consistency that I'm looking that, I'm, that I want you to challenge. Why is it important to get dressed up for someone else, but it's not important for you to look nice for yourself? So um, the other thing about being good to yourself 
is how are you talking to yourself? What language, what language, what, what, what do you say when you're talking to yourself, when you're thinking about you? So when you do that love letter to yourself, this is when you're probably going to hear this voice. You're going to start writing something or you're going to be struggling to write something. And that little voice is going to be like, look at you. Who you, you really think you're that? I don't, I don't know if you're that. If you start talking to yourself and it's questioning you, I want you to look for this book. Did this book come up backwards? This book says what to say when you talk to yourself. What to say when you talk to yourself. Let's say it one more time. What to say when you talk to yourself. And the author's name is Shad, S-H-A-D, Helmstetter. Shad Helmstetter. What to say. I told you to get a pen earlier, didn't I? We're almost done. This book is really good. This book... Um, Powerful new techniques to program your potential for success. And really what it is, and this is the same guy wrote 365 days of positive self-talk, self-talk, but there is an app that you can get. It might be 35 bucks and you can get this app and it has all these different topics for self-talk that you can just listen to when you're in the shower or when you're getting dressed in the morning or if you're at the gym working out, you can just plug in and listen to this for a nine minute segment or a whole 45 minutes, you know, series of segments. And if you can listen to the same one for like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it starts helping you recondition how you actually talk to yourself because you don't always realize how much negativity you've learned from probably outside of yourself that you now feed to yourself. And so what to say when you talk to yourself will help you check yourself and improve how you communicate to you. Because I'm going to tell you again, how we allow other people to treat and deal with us sometimes is reflective to how we are willing to treat and deal with ourselves. So if I'm conditioned to negative talk to me or criticize, overly criticize, be critical, overly critical of myself or not trust myself or belittle myself, and this is all what's going on in my head, it's going to be much easier for me to be comfortable with somebody else who does the same thing to me. And we don't want to get used to that. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. That's crazy making stuff. So finally, I want you to, to celebrate this stuff. I want you to find the little things that you're doing and figure out a way to celebrate it. And you can do little things for yourself every day. This is a good everyday thing. Like this is a really good thing for every single day because it really doesn't take any any time to turn on a recorder or put on some earbuds and, and finish cooking breakfast or eating breakfast. Um, so that's one of those little things. But celebrate yourself when you do these little things. When you find that hobby that you're going to start doing or you go and sign up for an archery class or you go out to lunch by yourself, make sure that you get home and look in the mirror or sit there and maybe get on your phone and just text I'm so proud of myself for doing this. And then find somebody to share it with. Find that friend who is really going to celebrate you, not the one who's going to go, girl, you went to lunch by yourself. You must be looking crazy. That uh -uh, I'm not doing that because it's going to make me look desperate. Don't call that friend. Yeah. Don't call that friend. Yeah. Because you're just going to, it's going to make you question yourself. So call somebody that's going to celebrate you while you're celebrating you. And then uh, you might encourage somebody else to, to, to do the same thing. So the experiences that matter to you, you're going to find those when you start doing things for yourself. So date you. As the Molly said, she's her best date. Learn how to be your absolute best date. Raise the bar for yourself. So when you do meet somebody else, you've already got some standards. You want to walk in. I told a young girl one time, 
she was working at a bank that I went to and she was turning like 23 or 24. And she was telling me about wanting to go someplace with her girlfriends. And she said, well, actually, there's some really nice restaurants that I want to go to, but I don't want to go by myself. I want to I want to go when I have a date that can take me to those places. And I was like, eh, eh, no. I said, no, you don't want to wait for a date to take you someplace. If you've already identified the place that you want to go, make a reservation, save the money up. If it's a little pricey, you can save up you know, every paycheck, put a little bit of money away and take yourself to that nice restaurant by yourself. And if you can only do it once a month, do it once a month. Maybe one of your girlfriends will go with you. I said, and when you finally have a date that asks you, where do you want to go? You're going to know the places that you like and you're going to have an answer. And I said, and if it's a specially good night, you'll get there. And the maitre d' will say something like, ma'am, I see you're not by yourself. Would you like your regular table or would you like me to seat you someplace else? And she just kind of looked at me and I thought, this is what we want to have happen. What a beautiful way to empower our young women by getting them to think like that, you know, and even young men, you don't have to wait till you have a date to go someplace nice either. You can go and eat by yourself and and start learning when I do have somebody to date, where where would I like to take her? Have I eaten at the, the nice Italian restaurant or a Japanese restaurant or something so that if she says, this is what I like, you can go, I got a place for you to try. So, but experiment with you and have fun with you. Have fun dating yourself. Your journey to joy is about you really learning how to love your life. So this is Divorce is Not a Destination. I want to open it up really quick before I get off of here and just see if anybody else has anything they want to add. I see my mom is here cracking up. <laughs> Nadine's, hey, Megan, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. So, oh, there's the Molly. Hey, lady. Hey, yeah, so I was just thinking, I was just driving home and I you know, Old Town is not too far from me. I'm in Alexandria. So I was just driving and I was and I was about to park to run into this black owned restaurant to um, see what it's like when when some friends come next mm -hmm. next week. But then I started thinking it was raining, so I didn't get out and I couldn't find a parking space. So I was like, you know what? The Alexandria Hotel is right around the corner. I, I live five minutes away, but the Alexandria Hotel is right around the corner. So one weekend I'm going to book myself a reservation in Alexandria Hotel. And then I'm going to go to that restaurant by myself and I'm going to go to another one that I wanted to see because there's so many nice ones, black owned mm -hmm. ones down here. And um, and I'm just going to have a weekend to myself. And I, I was thinking about that as you were talking, um, that I was just thinking about that tonight on the way home. And that's all I had to say. That is so cool. Okay, <laughs> This is some wanna, great stuff. Yeah, I want to hear about your date night. The hotel sounds phenomenal. I know like it's it. right around the corner. My sister-in-laws come down here and stay there um, uh, once a year. So, all right, yeah. that's yeah, that sounds like a good one. I did. And you have to come too. I, well, I'm, <laughs> you, I, you know what? When you were saying that, you. I was thinking I want to come, and I was like, she just said that was her date night. So you have no, to but but that'll be that. You know, that will know. be my date night probably before you even get here. Uh, yeah, but, I know you yeah. can have your date night, and then when I come, you can let me know if we'll, we need we'll to go do back that there. Too. Yep. We will do that. I yes. love it. See, and even, see, your date night can help you find out the things you want to do with friends and family when they come in town because you will have already checked the place out. So this That's is That's right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everybody, I will see you here next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Dr. Lisa signing out. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Divorce Is Not A Destination. Please recommend the show to friends and family. 
You can join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at firesidechat.com forward slash Lisa Summer Hour. Connect with me on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Divorce Is Not A Destination. And catch replays here on Fireside, my YouTube channel, or your favorite streaming service. Until next time, remember, I'm here to help you get unstuck, gain confidence, and thrive beyond your breakup or divorce. Because divorce is not a destination.